Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. All right, Mr. Grant, we're going to be talking about willful blindness this next segment. You want to stick around? What do you know about willful blindness? Man, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> well, stick around. That's what we're going to talk about. Hello, champions. I'm so grateful to have this next hour with you. And before we get started, David did such an amazing job of resetting the room. I just want to ask you all to take a moment and embrace this next 60 minutes with me. Open your mind and really think about what we're talking about. And I would ask that you turn internal because I really feel that this is something that a lot of people don't pay attention to. And yet if they did and really brought awareness, self-awareness to it, there's an opportunity to really change a lot of lives in this room. And then that will just trickle down in our lives. So for those of you that don't know what willful blindness is, I'm going to give you the exact definition so that I'm not misquoted. Simply put, it's the choice to not see what's right in front of us. The biggest threats and dangers that we face are the ones that we don't see. And it's not because they're invisible, but because we are willfully blind. So by a flash of mics, how many people in the room know what I'm talking about? Yes, I love it. Awesome. Well, as I start going through this process, if there is anything that you want to contribute, I would just ask that you pop right on in because I would love to hear what you have to say. Like David, I'm someone who appreciates the participatory and uh, I always learn from you all. So let's talk about this for a second, right? What makes us prefer ignorance? What are we afraid of? And the most important question, how do we change it? Well, I think there's several ways that we can do it honestly and they're not going to be of popular opinion yet the reality is walking through life willfully blind to things doesn't make anybody better it doesn't make your life better it doesn't make the lives of the people around you any better and so some of the things that you can do to first bring awareness to it 
are challenging your biases. Like we are naturally biased people. We like what we like. We feel how we feel. We appreciate what we appreciate and we don't like what we don't like. So I would say challenge those biases. When you have those, think about them. Why is it that you're so biased towards a certain brand or you're so biased towards a certain person or you're so biased against something? You can bring awareness to it that way. Also, you can discourage conformity. How many times have you just conformed because it was the easier thing to do? You can also not back away from difficult or complicated situations because it's so much easier to just go with the flow. It's so much easier to not have to deal with the headaches of those. So by not avoiding difficult or complicated situations, it'll start to bring awareness to it. And what will happen is it'll allow us to be proactive instead of reactive. Now, at this point, some of you might be going, Amanda, what does it matter, right? Like, give me a break. Everybody in the world has some type of willful blindness. We're not going to see everything, whether we choose to or we think we don't choose to. Like, who cares, right? However, I can absolutely tell you that in law, like a court of law, willful blindness refers to the principle that a person is responsible for an action if he could and should have known something was a problem or problematic, but decided not to see it. So this is such a serious thing that in a court of law, you can be prosecuted if you could have known and chose not to, if you could have bared witness and decided to put your hands over your eyes. That's a serious thing. So how many times are you doing that in your life? And what things are you doing it with? Is it something as simple as just watching someone throw a piece of garbage out their window? Or is it something as serious as watching somebody get bullied and stand back and just let it happen? I mean, that happens on the internet every single day, right? You, you can constantly see people getting attacked and bullied. And a lot of the times we turn a, a blind eye to it. Why? Because we don't want to get involved. Oh, that's not our problem. That's theirs. They never should have said anything in the first place. Why would they put that on social media? We do it every time in our lives. How many people would love to share by a flash of mic, just flash your mic, where they know that they've been willfully blind and did something about it? Anybody? Yeah, David, go ahead. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I told you about this when I was hiring my assistant uh, back in, um, uh, we hired her in January. I, I knew, well, I don't know, if the, I, I knew she wasn't the exact fit, but um, it was easier to just hire her and, and stop the pain, I think, than just not make the hire and, and uh, you know, deal with not having help and and unfortunately, now I'm now I'm dealing with it because you know she's got, she's taken another job at her church, and now I need to hire somebody. And now I'm you know probably four times as busy as I was back when I first hired her. So, I think is that an example, Amanda? It is, and I'd love to know what you put in place so that it doesn't happen the next time you hire someone. Well, I hired, <laughs> hired an agency this time, and I've got some. I've got an agency that's helping me find candidates and they're bringing me different candidates and they're bringing them through a vetting process. So last time I did it myself, so I just kind of took myself out of the equation this time. 
Yeah, and what do you think actually caused the willful blindness if you had to guess? Can you narrow it down to one thing? Um, well, I didn't have enough candidates to start, right? I, I didn't have enough choices, so that's one thing. And then pain. I mean, I, I, was in, I was in a lot of pain. I needed to get some help fast, and I just instead of just be, you know being slow with the process i just you know she was like the third person i interviewed and it was better than the other two so i just grabbed her although i knew deep down she wasn't the, the greatest fit for the role and she's an amazing person don't get me wrong she's awesome um phenomenal and and, and she's gonna keep doing some stuff for me uh with my podcast just with with everything else she's just not not very good at it she's a creative she's not a, she's not an administrator yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I was going to go to, pain. And my friends, if you've heard me speak in Breakfast with Champions or anywhere else on Clubhouse, a lot of what I say sounds repetitive because you don't need to go find more information. Like, I don't need to find new things to come share with you all to give you bigger, better, greater ideas. Like, sometimes we just go back to the basics. Sometimes we just keep reiterating the same things over and over again because you might hear me say it once and you might not. Yet you might hear me when I said it the third time or the fourth time or the fifth time. And I know you've heard me say before that the majority of people are motivated by pain. So for David, it was a pain point, right? That's what it was. It, the pain of not turning a blind eye to these things that he saw in the interview process was greater than just going through it and turning a blind eye. And if she stays on for three months or six months, well, at least it's a little bit of leverage. And you know what? I don't have time for this anyway. We do it all the time. So thanks for that, David. TM, I saw you flashing your mic. How are you, my brother? Good afternoon, my friend. Actually, it's moving in. Well, it'll be afternoon anywhere in the world, right? Um, doing well. Uh, good, great conversation. You know, for me, I think it, it relates probably um, to relationships in the past, right? Um, you know, I, in fact, I was willfully blind. And, you know, I've, I've always been intentional, serious in business, but you know, I think, you know, in retrospect, uh, you know, maybe not as intentional, um, you know, when it came to relationships, right? And so I heard you ask David, you know, what, what, why, right? What, what led to that? And I mean, I, I will have to say attraction, right? Uh, how, how she probably made me feel as I reflect back, you know, a combination of attraction and, you know, how I felt about it. Uh, even maybe knowing that it might not have been the best thing, right? But I, I think, nevertheless, certainly willfully blind. Yes. Yes. Okay. So when they say love is blind, it is no joke. And I'm a little bit of a weirdo and a freak when it comes to this stuff, yet I just love learning why humans are the way they are. I love studying mindset and why people do what they do. So I'm a little bit crazy when it comes to this. And there, it has been statistically, or sorry, scientifically, proven that when you are in love, there's actually a portion of your brain that shuts off. Because when you love someone, or what you think is love anyway, sometimes we realize later it was just lust. Yet when we love somebody, like aren't they so much more attractive to us? And they're just so much smarter than anyone we've ever known. And they do everything perfectly and right. And we are just in that thought process. Because when we're feeling that way, there's actually a portion of our brain that shuts off. And like it, it totally allows us to have super, super extreme willful blindness. So I'm so glad that you said that. I appreciate you sharing that. So let me ask you then, what do we do about it, right? So we talked about not conforming. We talked about 
not being biased or, or questioning our biases. We talked about actually embracing the difficult or challenging things versus avoiding them because it's easier. I mean, here's a great example, right? I'm sure everybody remembers the 2008 Bernie Madoff situation. I mean, the guy literally did a Ponzi scheme and $47 billion was the total that he had literally taken from people through this scheme. How many people that were involved turned a blind eye to it? How many investors knew that they were getting way more of a return on their money than they should have? The banks, the banks that were housing that money, they turned a blind eye because it was a lot of money in their bank, right? I think it was a Chase Bank. And so how many times are we doing that in our life because maybe we're part of a group or maybe we're part of an organization or maybe there's some monetary value that really motivates us to turn a blind eye? It happens all the time. So truly, why are we this way? Well, there's a number of reasons. I can tell you that we do have people that just have tunnel vision. They do not see what they don't want to see. And if you asked them why, they couldn't tell you. They just literally walk through life with tunnel vision. Then there's other people who conform. And that usually will happen in a group session or in a group setting, right? They, you feel a little bit of peer pressure or fear of being judged or, you know, fear of looking funny or whatever the situation is. So people will conform and that causes willful blindness. Also hierarchy does in organizations and corporate structure right? You get into a place and before you know it, you've got a boss, boss's boss who's doing something and you find out about it and you're just the person that's on the bottom. You don't say anything about it, right? But what if you did? Also, other reasons are things like embarrassment. You don't want to be embarrassed for what you might say. You don't want to be judged. You don't want people to be whispering about you in the background. Exhaustion is another reason why because you're so exhausted. And that can happen in situations where you're multitasking and doing so many things. We can't focus. Anytime we focus on one thing and we implement another thing into whatever our focus, you know, um, uh, peripheral is, you've automatically lost focus on whatever it was you were focusing on prior to that because we can't focus on two things at once. So exhaustion is another one, just doing too many things. Money motivating people is also another reason why that they, ha they have willful blindness. Um, and it's really, really, really hard to see. And sometimes it just takes too much time and people don't wanna do it, so they turn a blind eye. It's difficult. And we're naturally biased people. So it just feels, it feels more natural for us to just go with what we feel like or what we're thinking. So how does it show up in the world? How does it show up every single day? I can tell you this much. We live in a world that is completely overstimulated. And I mean, the reality is we're often on information overload. Your brain can only focus on one thing at a time. And attention is a zero sum game. So if you're focusing your attention on one thing and one thing only, the chances of you having extreme willful blindness are going to be like minimal versus if you're focusing on two or three or four or five things. We also have this perception of what reality is in our brain. Think of it like, uh, like you have a, like a map in your brain and it helps guide you and it helps you make choices um, and it helps you. 
it's like a map that, that helps you make choices and it, it affects the way that you behave. Think about it that way. And um, because we are naturally and unconsciously biased creatures, we tend to cluster together with like-minded people. So if you ever joined a, a club or, or a church, I'm sure a lot of people in here join their churches or you've joined an organization or a sport. And the reason that you did is because the culture felt a lot like you, right? Like-minded people doing like-minded activities, talking about like-minded things. It happens all the time. And yet we are the sum of the people that we hang around with the most. It's just the reality. So if you're constantly surrounding yourself with people who see things the same way you do and think the same ways you do, there is a lot more of a chance that you are going to have willful blindness when it comes to other things. You're not seeing it. It's not front and center. It's the way that the brain works. So I'll pause here and see if there's anybody else who wants to share or wants to jump in on this topic. Any thoughts about what I've said so far? Are you guys following me? Are you tracking? You feeling it? Amanda, it's Katrina. Hey. Hey, Katrina. Hey. This topic is so good. And when I was listening to it, I thought, man, I what happens when your eyes are too open? And what I mean is that for me, you know, I, I have the gift, the gift of discernment. Everyone doesn't have that. And I'm just so reserved and intuitive to people's energy. I can't, I mean, I'm usually so right about people. And so when I meet people, I don't approach them with the same type of openness or trust that other people do. And every time I've had a failed relationship, whether it be personal or in business, I've always, you know, looked at my DNA and it learned from it, taken down the notes, you know, I don't want to feel that pain again. So I build up that layer of protection. And some people just feel like I'm super guarded. And I guess I am in a way, but I, what happens when you just, your perception is just so sensitive and you can just pick up on people's vibe. I feel like I have such a hard time giving people a chance when I have already gotten like a feeling from them, if that makes any sense. No, that's a fantastic question. And I'm glad you brought it up because it's something that I said earlier where, um, you know, we have this, like we just flock to those people that feel comfortable. And when we are guarded, because that person, whomever you were guarded towards, they reminded you of something that happened in the past. And instead of, which was what I was talking about earlier, don't run away from those uncomfortable or those difficult situations, because it just allows you to have more of a willful blindness mentality. Instead, if you take the chance and you do engage with whomever it is, and you just do it with the mindset that I'm going to, the chances that they are going to open up your mind to discount your experience in the past are much greater. And here's the deal, not everybody's perfect. So there are bad people in the world. So maybe that person would totally prove you right and well, there you go again, back to the people that you're really comfortable with. And yet if we're gonna do that our entire lives, what's the point? Like if, I mean, my gosh, we, we, we deal with this stuff every day, don't we? We see it on TV and we read in the newspapers, like all of it about everything that's happening. People that are being treated mis or, or mistreated and people that 
you know, there's so many things that are going on. And if we keep this closed mindedness that I'm going to stay with my own kind, right, or I'm going to stay on this side of it, because this is the comfortable side, and we don't stand up and we don't fight for whatever it is that we want to essentially open up our eyes, right, give us that perspective that we're not getting by staying with all the people that think exactly like we do and do things exactly like we do and agree with us and have the same perspective. If we don't put ourselves out there and we don't do that, then we're just going to be this huge circle in space that has a bunch of clusters. Like what good does hey. that do for anyone? Hey, this is Lewis. Can I make a comment? Hey, Lewis, come on. How are you? Yeah, yeah, this is a good topic. Um, I think Nisha earlier this week was talking about, you know, how we create these stories. And everybody does it. You know, you wake up, you go outside, and the first person you see, you're like, mm, that person looks weird. And you start telling yourself these stories about people who are walking past you, and you don't even know them. So I think the stories come from too much past, too much future. So I think the, the lady that was just talking, like one day just do an experiment, and the first five, five people you see, just say hello or just say good morning. And you'll see that you'll have that freedom because – you're just living in a moment, so you're not even giving your chance. You're not even giving yourself a chance to judge or be biased because you're just like, hello, good morning, right? And you'll see that you just feel more freer and more comfortable because, you know, you're you're not believing in these stories and whatnot. I suffer from it some uh, too because I'm in sales, and if I go into one sales call and have a bad experience, if I don't let it go, I'll go into the next call carrying that energy and it just messes up the whole day. So I don't know, how to, what do you think about that, Amanda? Thank you. Lewis in the purple, you're my new favorite. You're exactly right. I mean, like, let's be real honest, okay? Can, can we be real honest with ourselves right now? Because I can't see you. And if you're not flashing your mic, I don't even know if you have a pulse at this point. Let's be real honest with ourselves when I ask this question, though. How many of us go to one news channel over the other because that one favors with our opinion? How many of us read a magazine or listen to a certain reporter or listen to, or, you know, read certain books or watch certain programs because those people favor whatever ideas or perspectives we have? We do it all the time. Every single one of us do. And yet, what if you had an open mind? It feels uncomfortable because you know you're about to watch a channel or you're about to read a book or a magazine that has different opinion than you do. And yet, what if you just went into it with an open mind and curiosity? Maybe you'll learn something today. Or maybe by the end of that hour, you go, mm-hmm, I was exactly right. I don't know what's going to happen. Yet, if we keep on moving in the direction that we are and we're not open-minded, it's not doing anybody any good. So take a chance. Come from curiosity. Open up your mindset and say, you know what? I, normal I normally wouldn't pick that, and tonight I'm going to pick it. And just see what happens. Because that is how you break that barrier, Katrina. That is how you disprove those limiting beliefs that you have in your mind. Where what? And listen, my motto used to be, I could do bad by myself. I don't need anyone to do it with me. One man messed me up. I don't need any of the other ones to. And then what kind of life am I allowing myself to live? How, how closed off and boxed off am I keeping myself? If I'm going to blame every other man for one man that came into my life and did me wrong. Or maybe two. I don't know. I'm just saying. So we can't be that way. Otherwise, you are going to live a very sheltered, 
very small life. And there's a big world out there that's full of people, people that are giving and loving. We experience that every single day, all day. What do we have? 15 hours now in this Breakfast with Champions Club. People from all different walks of life in all different areas of the world, just bringing everything they have and contributing. So go out and spread that in the world, right? Encourage people to do things that they normally wouldn't do. Encourage your kids to try something they normally wouldn't. Open up the perspective. I absolutely love it. Tony with the keys, did I see you on mic, my friend? Nope, I was just seeing things. All right. So any anyone else want to contribute? I would. Lo I love what Lewis shared. Does anyone else have any thoughts around this? Any questions? I'd love to answer them if you do. All right. Okay, Kimberly flashed, um, Amanda. Oh, yeah, please. Go ahead, Kimberly. Hi, Amanda. Well, I think How are you? I'm great. And thanks for the uh, segment and the conversation. Um, I'm reflecting on what you're saying. I certainly uh, have experienced catching myself in willful blindness in different parts of my life <clears throat> and and definitely see it manifesting um, in most of us in different parts of ourselves in our practice. <clears throat> I find that uh, one of the things that came to me as I, as I reflected was that willful blindness is a tricky thing to, I think we have to reflect on our own, but it's a very tricky thing to point out to someone else. You definitely need an invitation and permission because maybe the key word is willful. That um, once you are confronted with that choice, that I don't want to look there, I don't want to go there, now you are accountable to yourself to... Um, make a change or adjustment or to see what that says about us. And I know that when I have approached colleagues and friends and tried to broach the subject, I think that's when I learned the meaning of shoot the messenger. <laughs> so I think that we're really attached sometimes to our reason for why we don't want to know. So I'm not sure what that means. It just, as you're talking, I'm remembering different scenarios and realizing that's a sensitive area and a powerful area that can change our entire perspective. But you have to be ready to take the blindness and the blinders off and actually open up a new perspective and a new possibility. So that's just my comments for now. Thanks for the conversation. I appreciate you. And what I heard is I might be getting fired from Breakfast, breakfast with Champions because I just brought awareness to everybody in here. No. <laughs> Actually, I didn't have that thought at all. <laughs> no, I but, appreciate uh, you. Because no, you're 100% yeah, right. Well, I think we have some all around us. Um, any of us have examples of that. But it, we think maybe people don't know. I think people don't want to know. Absolutely. Again, the willful is the trick is the really the insight of this no you're it's absolutely not just right. innocent blindness it is i'll have to 
realign my life, make some hard decisions, and, um, and look inside myself if I see what I'm choosing not to see. Absolutely. So, and you, you brought up such a good point, which I'd, I'd like to dig here just a little bit deeper because the reality is, so how do we do that, right? We see people in our world that, and you know, that's something else that I put in my little notes to talk about tonight, because how many times have you heard the phrase or said the phrase, my goodness, from the outside looking in girl, I can, I could see all those red flags, right? And yet you couldn't see them on the inside. I mean, we say it all the time and that's, that's literally willful blindness. And so it's really hard when we're talking about the people in our world, maybe you identify somebody, uh, it could be a spouse, it could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be your kid. And you identify that there's a lot of willful blindness there. Like, how do you bring it up to them? It's hard. And, and it's uncomfortable. And yet what I would say is maybe you just start leading by example and just those little things like, you know what, girls, I know we always do this on Thursday. I think I'm going to try this on Thursday. And you, I mean, we're in a room full of leaders, right? So if you know that you're in a group of people that may be thinking about this, or you know, maybe you have some family members that may be doing this, then maybe you take the lead and show them what an example is of opening your mind, not being so biased, not being so, so, um, you know, wanting to stay inside your comfort zone and not trying, wanting to try anything new. Like maybe be that example and just suggest trying something Thursday. And if the girls don't want to go, that's okay. You're going to go try it. And then you can't wait to rave about how fun it was the next time that you all meet up. Or if it's your child, you know, maybe you just suggest that they try a different ice cream flavor at the ice cream parlor. And you know what, if they're not willing to say, well, I think I'm going to just lead by example. And the people that maybe would have been a little bit more reactive to you bringing it up in conversation might be a lot more receptive to watching you do it and seeing, oh my goodness, that really isn't so bad, is it? So just a thought there. I love that you brought that up, Kimberly. I appreciate you. Anybody else want to share? I would love to hear what your thoughts are. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Challenge me. Listen, I want to hear it. Oh, I definitely don't want to debate that you're wrong, but <laughs> the other piece that you brought up that just struck a chord with me was that um, that whole thing with Enron, you know, it happened again with Agape, right? So they, I, I, I have family members that were trying to convince me to get in on it, and I just kept asking questions. So it was like, for that particular situation, I feel like I, I wanted to be curious. I wanted to be critical. I wanted to ask questions, and but I have to agree with, with Kimberly when she said sometimes we don't want to know but I don't I don't think it's because we don't want to know I think it's because we don't know what we don't know and so we don't know what questions to even ask so how do you explore the unknown is like my question well and to add insult to injury there are so many people that are willfully blind about their willful blindness right like it, like yep. it can be this compounding thing and so I think and we talk about this all the time in this room right I think the first step is awareness. So if if you've been walking, I'm 34 years on this earth. So if I if nobody ever talked to, to me about it until today, well, 34 years, I've walked with a lot of willful blindness. And today I was made aware. What happens next is my choice. Am I going to say, you know what, Amanda segments over and put it right out of my mind and I don't ever think about it again? 
or am I going to maybe go Google willful blindness? I'll tell you, this all stemmed from a book I read because like, I know we all know what willful blindness is. I just didn't know that that was what it was called until I came across this book. And then I read the book and I was like, oh yeah, I know what that is. I have it. Everybody have, I know tons of people, everybody has it. Right. So I read the book. So maybe that's your first step. It's on audible. It was written by, um, uh, I think her name is Margaret Heffernan, Heffernan maybe. Um, but it's on audible or you can buy it in the bookstore and read the book. And just, and she literally, that entire book is example after example after example. And Bernie was one of her examples in that book of people who have done things and not just some of the, like some individuals having willful blindness. It's a whole group of people around them or a whole organization around them or a whole church around them that just kept turning a blind eye and turning a blind eye. Why? Because of that conformity that we talked about earlier for fear of, of being judged for fear of being the one that's different than anybody else in the group. So I think it just starts with that, Dora Maria. Now you've been made aware, even if you knew before, now we're talking about it. What's going to happen next? You get to choose. I'll tell you guys also. So, well, did that answer your question? Let me just confirm that answered your question. No, that was great. Thank you very much. Perfect. The book, just in case someone didn't get it. Yeah, um, willful blindness, Margaret. Uh, I, you know what? I could, we could probably put it in the in the notes or something. I'm sh- I'm sure it'll be accessible. But it's a willful blindness. Um, there was actually a uh, there was actually a experiment done where they asked a group of volunteers to fill out um, a questionnaire or survey, and so they did. They asked one volunteer, so they put him in a room at a desk. And he started filling out this questionnaire. And then all of a sudden, the room started to fill with smoke. And within two minutes, he could realize the smoke was there and he ran out of the room. Something's wrong, right? They did that same experiment and they put like four or six people in a room and they said, hey, would you like to volunteer to answer a survey? Yeah, sure. Okay. So they they put them all in the room at different desks and they all started filling out the questionnaire. And do you know that one person got up and left, but it wasn't until after four to five minutes. Because when you're in a room full of people and nobody else is moving, you start to question yourself and doubt yourself. Yet when that one person was in that room, he had no willful blindness. Smoke is filling up the room. Something's on fire. I better go. But when eight people were in a room together and nobody moved immediately, it caused everybody else in that room to second guess themselves, thus having willful blindness. And it took five minutes for one person to finally go, well, I ain't blind to this. I'm running out. I mean, that's what we're talking about. So in the examples in the books that she gives, there are tons of scenarios where groups of people, because the majority of the group didn't go one way, they decided to turn a blind eye to it. So just think about how many times that's happened. Anybody else want to share? Anyone else have any thoughts? Go ahead. Mics are yours. Go ahead. Hi, it's Victor. Hi, Victor. Hello. So uh, I really resonate with the uh, uh, church example. I know that uh, during the time that that President Obama was president, I was teaching Sunday school at the white church and I would just every now and then say, let's pray for our president and people would just be angry. And so for eight years, I spent time just really searching my soul, you know, should I leave and go to a black church and stop going here? But it's amazing how 
after last year with George Floyd and anti-racism, so many of my friends, and most of my friends are white in Birmingham, and they really were, their hearts were broken. They wanted advice. I, I gave books and everything for them to check out, but it really was willful blindness. I didn't have anything to call it when I was going through it, but it's amazing how God used um, all the events, whether it's COVID, whether it's, and, and we're certainly we're not out of the woods. There's so many challenges happening with division these days, but uh, it's exciting that all of us have an opportunity to to really avoid willful blindness. So I really appreciate this, and it helps helps bring it to my conscience because the thing I always have to remember is Victor Brown needs to check himself and make sure that I am not participating in anything that can hurt others. So I definitely take this willful blindness to heart uh, in a big way. By the way, I was at a wedding and a plant caught on fire and all of us just kept sitting there until finally the groom got up and then a couple of guys got up and put the fire out. This is Victor. I'm done speaking. Oh, I love that story because it's so true. You're like, oh, well, Jim didn't move and Sally's still sitting there sipping on her cocktail. I guess we're all good until half the building's burning down because we have this willful blindness because everybody around us is moving in a certain way or doing certain things. So that's funny. That was your story. I love it. I appreciate it, Victor. Thank you so much. Anybody else want to jump in and share? I mean, y'all are a quiet bunch tonight, I tell you. All right, we're just going to keep... Oh, go ahead, Stephen. Hey, Amanda, I'll say something. Uh, I, you brought the thing about watching the news and um, for one or the other. Uh, and I'm kind of like to watch both, and, and uh, then I give them perspective. But same thing like with people and uh, self-awareness, just if someone told me about a person, I'll, you know, I'll um, see that I was a person, then I'll, I'll get my opinion, then I'll, you know, if they start showing red flags, I know what's up, but I kind of give them a chance, and they go from there, but I was just sharing my thoughts on that. I, I kind of like to see both sides of the story, good and bad. That's how, how I see it. Yeah, I'm an information junkie. So if for no other reason than just to learn, I'm the same way. Yet I'll tell you, I'm not saying go out tomorrow and find those girls or those guys that you always hang out with and tell them you're willfully like, don't be screaming in anybody's face. Okay. There are ways in which you can bring it up. Like I said, be the example and come from a place of curiosity. So the next time somebody says something to you and you're just like, you know what? Like you in your thought process is, you know what, you always think that, or you always say that just come from curiosity and dig deeper. You know what, Cheryl, what caused you to say that? I'm curious and just let them unfold. And, and it's funny cause I've asked this question before. And a lot of the times people go, you know, I don't really know. It's probably something I learned when I was a kid, or it's probably something my mom taught me. It's pro and what I'm hearing is conditioning, right? I was conditioned to think a certain way. I was conditioned to see things a certain way. I was conditioned to, to not think a certain way, right? We don't think about those things. We don't talk about those things. And because of that conditioning, we've just continued on that path. And it's not serving, it's not serving us. We can't be the highest, best version of ourselves. And it surely isn't serving the people around us. I love it. Thanks for the share, Stephen. Anybody else want to contribute, want to jump in? We got 20 more minutes, my friends. Hello, Monica. How are you? 
Oh, beautiful Amanda. I am awesome. And good morning, champions. It's morning somewhere. I've been on the bike for the last hour and I just couldn't find a good place to pull off. So now I did. This is such a great discussion. Um, I wanted to throw another perspective in here, if I may, with the, the concept of, of, thank you. The concept of willful blindness is fascinating. And sometimes we are blind, but it may not be willful. It may be self-protective. And, and that's a fascinating angle on that because it's, it's one of those things where until you have an, a moment, uh, a awakening moment or a moment of clarity or some contrast to the situation you're in, sometimes you're blind because you don't want to see because you're unable to see. And what I mean by that is when we self-abandon, I wish Dr. Janie were here in the room because this is all about like therapy and stuff. But when we self-abandon and we we are in a behavior pattern and a thought pattern and a belief pattern that our own needs, our pain, our discomfort, our unhappiness are not worthy of attending to, we become blind in self-protection so that we don't have to look at the fact that we are ignoring ourselves and we are indeed abandoning ourselves. And it's this kind of concept that leads us to do things like have an awakening after you've been with your husband or your wife for 25 years and all of a sudden you kind of like the veil gets lifted and you go, you know what? I've never really been happy, but I've just accepted it. And now I'm not going to do that anymore. And so I am no longer blind. And that's when you leave a relationship that to the outside world looks fantastic. But on the inside, it's just not enough. And so that's a totally different perspective. And it's not so much willful, but it is definitely blindness. This is Monica in the turquoise ring and I'm out. Oh, I so appreciate that, Monica, because you're exactly right. And I think that's a little bit um, of what Katrina was talking about earlier, right? There are just people that I will avoid because of a certain past experience, and I know that, or because I felt some trauma around it. And so getting in front of that, I mean, because here's the deal, in my opinion, it's a handicap. Like, I don't want anything stopping me. And in my opinion, it's just a handicap for me. And the longer that I have to live with that, the longer that I have to feel that, like, then I have to be conscious now of who I'm avoiding unconsciously. Like it's just, it's just this whole muck of stuff in your head. So I think you are absolutely 100% right. And again, once we have that awareness, it's our choice. What are you going to do next? I see our friend Grant jump back in the room. All right, Grant, are you going to talk to us about willful blindness now? What do you think about it? Grant says no. All right. Anybody else want to share? Anybody else? Anybody else have anything? Looks like Victor's flashing, Amanda. Victor. Hey, Victor, come on. Yep, I'm back. So I was in a partnership for a few years. And after, probably after about a year and a half, I knew this is not right. It doesn't feel right. It's not right. It was a lot like you go through, you're in a marriage that you know doesn't fit. And I didn't get out of it. When I met my wife, my, my wife, she immediately knew something was wrong. We went to a place and prayed. And the next day, uh, I realized that things were happening that had to be dealt with. And I ended the partnership immediately. But it was willful blindness. It was me refusing to challenge my partner to say anything about the issues that didn't feel right. I mean, there were times when, you know, just some horrific things were happening 
but definitely willful blindness was something I just really, I just ignored the signs that were there uh, in front of me. So wanted to share that. This is Victor. I'm done speaking. No, I love it. I appreciate it, Victor. So how many times does this happen in your business? There are so many business owners on this stage. How many times does it happen, whether it be with a team member or it be with a boss or it be with a partner, maybe you have a partnership, maybe it's a vendor that works for you. Like how many times do we turn a blind eye? Because like David said, I love what he opened up with because I don't have time or because I'm a high D and I don't have the patience for that. Or you know what, if I just, if I just pretend like it's not there, if I just pretend like money's going to keep flowing in and I don't have to track exactly where it's going out, I'm going to still be all right. Like how many of us do that? I mean, I coach business professionals all day, every day, and it is mind boggling to me that the majority of them don't even know like where their money's coming from or where it's going, or sorry, where it's going to. They just know they're going to make more money. And I'm like, hold on a second. Like in what world do we live in? Well, I sold a house, so I know it paid for that marketing. And I'm like, no. So how many times, because why? It's a headache, right? For most people, most people that get a real estate license anyway, I don't know about other professions, yet they got into real estate because they heard it was an easy, lucrative job. And the reality of this situation, and they're going to have some flexibility. And the reality of the situation is it's really not. You have to treat it like a business. You're a business owner now. And if you're not going to be a business owner, you just want to be someone's employee. Well, then you're not going to really succeed in real estate unless you're joining a big team and you're going to be an employee for that team essentially, right? And so I would ask the question, like, how did you even get to this point? Well, you know, money just started coming in and I've never done my own taxes. And, you know, I came from corporate and I didn't know. And how much am I supposed to put aside? And you know what? I just, I just kept on. And I'm like, you didn't think like Uncle Sam was going to come knocking on your door one day saying, hey, buddy, where are the taxes? Right? Or you didn't think like, you didn't think you had to record any of this stuff and it's just mind boggling. So how, you know, that's a little bit extreme yet. How many times does this happen in your business? Even little small things that we just turn a blind eye to because it's uncomfortable or we've never done it before or. Hey, Amanda, it's C-Rock. Hey, C-Rock. How are you? Great, great, great segment. Uh, you know, I talk a lot about assessment and how it leads to elevation. And if you're not sure where you are currently, at your point A, you don't know how far you have to go to your point B or what, you know, what kind of bridge, how big a bridge you need to build. Um, you know, in my past in business, I always did well, but it was just go, 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 grind, grind, grind. I never had the blueprint and I never really, you know, this is prior to this next level success I've had. I never really paid attention to the numbers. And when you're blind in your business, especially with stats and KPIs and things, you really can't get ahead of things. You know, and, uh, you know, from watching my employees now, like hourly, even at the minute, I can see what they're doing and I can check in with them sooner than later to get ahead of any, um, you know, downfalls or bad situations. And so you, anytime you're blind to anything, it's, it's never a good thing. And, and it goes for your business. It goes for your relationships. It goes for your health. It goes for everything. I mean, across the board. So I love this segment and elevation comes from assessment and assessment. You have to have clarity. So love it. Thank you. No, thank you for that share. I so appreciate it. You're right. And what I heard you say is business people are numbers people. And I preach that because it's the truth. You should know everything that's happening. And the reason we say numbers is because what we do realize is that you can't really measure it. I mean, if, if you can't measure it, it doesn't really exist. And measurements are a metrics. 
So we always talk about the numbers in a business. You should be able to measure the systems and processes and how efficiently you are becoming your business is because of them. You should be able to measure the dollars coming in. You should be able to measure the KPIs. Like C-Rock said, you should be able to measure. You should know your dollar per hour rate like David was talking about this morning. You should be able to measure all of that. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is if you're tracking that stuff. So a lot of people are like, well, that's overwhelming. I didn't go to school for numbers or accounting. So I'm just going to going to absolutely willfully, blindfully ignore it. And then you look up and you realize, oh, my goodness. So I love that you shared that, C-Rock. All right, my friends, we got about, uh, what do we have? 10, 11 minutes left. Any other additions, any shares, any feedback? Anyone want to sing? I would love to hear your voices. Amanda, you don't want me to sing. This is Megan DiMartino. Um, I've been in bad Wi-Fi, uh, you know, connection. So I've been listening, though, very intently. Um, and, you know, as you just said the word again, it just really uh, just almost gave me chills, the word willful, because that is such a powerful word. Kimberly was speaking about this earlier, but that is a, a, a willful decision to do that blind eye. And um, personally, as, as C-Rock was saying, you know, I do self-audits all the time. Uh, going to the guy this morning talking about uh, the law of uh, association, and uh, but I'm always self-auditing and that clarity. But I can share with you, because you brought this up, about my first business that I started in 1992 uh, long before there was an internet or, you know, websites and so forth, the world was very different and the structure of sale was very different, totally different. And um, I started by myself, uh, capitalizing it by myself, and, whoa, it was tough. And I had to work so diligently to, because I could have truly got into so many quagmires of, of bad decisions, but I had to do that willful, you know, assessment. Um, I did make mistakes, don't misunderstand, but it was that constant, um, you know, just really thinking through the essence of the the situation and the person. And as C-Rock uh, just said, you have to constantly do that or you truly fall into willful, you know, blindness. And today in this world, oh my gosh, but that's a whole other story. But, uh, but personal responsibility, it takes that commitment to it. Thank you. Great segment. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you for the share, Megan. I appreciate you. You know, when David was chatting earlier and uh, Glenn popped in and he was talking about uh, standards, right? Expectations. And in my opinion, expectations and commitment go hand in hand. And just for, I mean, he literally, as he was talking, he took the words right out of my mouth. And so anytime I set expectations, I always get the level of commitment because like he said, it completely takes the emotion out of it. Right. And just like he said, is I've had many conversations like that. You know, you and me, Megan, we are fantastic. I think you're awesome. Yet you and the job, not so much. You see, the job requires X, and right now you're delivering. You're not delivering. So I have to ask, what's going on? Did something change? Are you not getting the support that you need? How can I help you? Because while you and I are okay, and we're always going to be okay, we were okay from day one. We're going to be okay for at the very last day as well. Yet you and the job aren't. 
and setting those expectations and that commitment within your business, it really, it gives you the power to not have what we might call willful blindness in the future. Because if you were having that, that same conversation with somebody that you never set standards for, you never set any expectations for, and you sure as heck didn't get any level of commitment for two or three or four or five months down the road when they're not performing like they should, I think he gave the example of, you know, what they're supposed to sell one car. When you look down the road and you you know like, oh, I, it's clear that that person's not doing what they're supposed to, there's emotion involved in it, right? Because you know you as a leader didn't do what you needed to do in order to set that person up for success. So it's a lot harder for you to then go to that person and go, well, you're not really performing. So you kind of turned a blind eye to it willfully and you're like, all right, I'm going to give them 30 more days. All right, I'm not going to say anything. All right, I'm not going to say anything. You don't when you put things like that in place, you don't have to have that. You don't have to have that guilt. You don't have to have that emotion. You can have real serious business conversations that are just all about the facts. And it's right there in front of us, right? Because we know we can measure it. Remember when we talked and we said X and you committed to X and I committed to X. And when I asked you what level of accountability you wanted, you told me you wanted X. Well, here we are because the job requires X. And here's the accountability because X is not being delivered. So help me understand. And in other cases, someone might turn a blind eye for a while. And you know why? It's more about that person than it is about the person who isn't delivering. Because that leader, as I do air quotations, didn't do what they needed to do, didn't put standards in place for themselves, didn't didn't put expectations in place for themselves and accountability for themselves. And they know they didn't set that person up for success. And so, yeah, they're going to turn a blind eye to it because they know a lot of it turns back to them. It points back to them. So I'm glad that you brought that up because that is another example of willful blindness. So back to what C-Rock was saying with putting things in place and making sure that you have the blueprint. Now that you're aware, what are you going to go do to make sure you limit the amount of times that you could potentially have a blind eye or willful blindness in your business? What are you going to put in place to ensure you've got checks and balances, right? What are you going to do and put in place to ensure that you have audits going regularly? There should be check-ins constantly. We should be in. I love what C-Rock said. He's like, I can see when the wheels are starting to shake before they even fall off the cart and it crashes, right? That's the place you want to be in your business. So I love that he shared that. Anyone else in our final moments together shares feedback? You want to make an announcement? We're happy to hear it. No? All right, friends. Well, then I'm going to do a room reset, and I'm going to hand it off to TM a couple minutes early, if that's all right with you, my friend. TM, are you ready? Great segment, Amanda. Good. Oh, thank uh, you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.